Welcome to the Financial Flight Plan with Tim Estes and Bree Reyes. When it comes to your financial future, we believe the sky is the limit. We'll give you the proper tools to keep your engine <clears throat> portfolio running smoothly. Let us pilot the answers to some of your toughest financial issues. The Financial Flight Plan starts now. Welcome back in to the Financial Flight Plan podcast, along with Bree Reyes, investor coach and certified financial planner at Estes Financial Services. I am Ben George, and we're going to talk to you today about the three cons of the thrift savings plan in retirement. So um, any federal employees listening, if you know someone in your life, this is going to be an episode you'll want to listen to, and I'm looking forward to it. And we'll do so, as always, Bree, with you, how are you doing? We can put the weather behind us in terms of uh, the winter storms that we've been dealing with in the area. You're looking ahead into the, the flowers blooming and, and the blue skies and the warm weather again. Well, it's it's really funny because we had, I mean, what are we, we're two weeks out, three weeks out from the worst weather we've seen in DFW in, in a really long time. And now today it's going to be 80 degrees. So he, the problem is some of the trees had already bloomed. And now, at least in my yard, I've got leaves all over the ground again oh, <laughs> because the storm kind of took them out. Yeah. So we'll see. But I know I can tell by my allergies and my husband's allergies that spring has sprung in DFW. Happens quick, huh? Well, we don't have seasons here. We have hours. <laughs> I mean, there's that saying of if you don't like the weather in Texas, wait a minute, it'll change. They're right. not kidding. 80 it's, degrees already. Okay. Yeah, 70, 70. I, I rounded up a little bit. 78 for a high today. Hey, I, I welcome the 70s, especially after everything you kind of went through over the last uh, last month. Oh, no, with we're going to be 82 next week. Ugh. So, yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's insane that we went from... I mean, heck, we still have broken pipes and streets torn up all over town and people are still dealing with the repercussions of the winter storm and not having power. And the, I, there's, I know at least 20 people off the top of my head that have some type of damage at their home for that. Yeah. Either burst pipes or something like that. And now um, we're enjoying 80 degrees. It's just <laughs> nuts. Yeah. Yeah, that's the world we live in. But we'll, we'll uh, embrace that spring weather and, uh, and look ahead to... Uh, to hopefully a better year of getting out and enjoying that a little bit more. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely optimistic about all that. Well, today, again, we're talking about the three cons of the thrift savings plan. Um, again, you can find everything we talk about, plus all of our past podcasts. And there's a lot that specialize on retirement planning for federal employees. So you can find that online, ssfinancial.net. But you can also connect with Bree via Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, a lot of different ways to get in contact with her. So with this conversation, Bree, I'm curious, like when you... When you had this idea, okay, let's talk about the three cons. Do federal employees, just for my own information, do federal employees have multiple options or is the TSP almost kind of a, hey, you have to use this, but be aware of these things when you're using it? Ooh, that's a really good question. The thrift savings plan is the federal government's retirement plan. Now they also have a pension, but okay. this is if you want to save anything above and beyond your pension. And I would highly encourage every federal employee to save above and beyond your pension for a number of reasons. But the biggest one is the cost of living increase and inflation don't necessarily match. Right. And usually your pension isn't as much as your salary. So you're usually in a, in a deficit there anyway. So most federal employees participate in the thrift savings plan. If anything, just to get the match. Right. And we're going to do another podcast on positives pros about the tsp but um 
I kind of wanted to start with some of the negatives. Okay. Bad news first, right? Bad news first. I okay. always like to get the bad news out of their way. Got it. So these are the three cons. We're going to go through them today. Let's start with the first, the inability to withdraw specific funds. What do you mean by this? So the way the TSP works, when you, when you start to make a withdrawal, and these are really three cons of the thrift savings plan in retirement for federal employees. Gotcha. So good. if you're currently working, this doesn't really apply to you. So let's say you need some money out of your thrift savings plan. And let's say you're invested in the five funds. We're not even, and by the way, limited investment choices is not a, one of the cons today, but I would also add it to a longer list if I was. <laughs> but let's just say, because they only have five core TSP funds. Okay. Isn't a lot at all. And so let's say they had, they have this thing called the G fund, which is the uh, super conservative. People look at it as a money market. It's not necessarily, but that's the way they're, it's viewed. If you ask a federal employee, the most conservative secure fund in the thrift savings, they're always going to say G fund. So let's say that you had some money in the G fund, but you also had it in the, the other funds and you needed to make withdrawal. And you thought, okay, I just want to take it out of the G fund because the other funds are growing and I don't want to, to really can, you know, hurt their investment. As much as the TSP was modern, modernized with the TSP Modernization Act of, I think, 2019, so not that long ago, this is one thing they didn't do. You're not allowed to do that. So if you call them and say, I need $10,000, can you take it from my G fund? They're going to say, you can have $10,000, but we're going to need to take it from all the funds proportionally. Okay. So what does that mean? That means you may be losing some, and you're going to lose some investment growth or investment opportunity in some of the other funds. And so I don't, I don't really love that. I, you know, it would be nice just to take payments from the G fund and allow the other money in the other funds to continue to be invested and to continue to grow. That to me is, is a big, big negative, big, big con of the thrift savings and retirement. Are you able to, if you did that, if you withdrew some money and they took it out of, you know, something that you wanted to, to kind of keep intact, are you able to move the funds from somewhere else and just transfer some of that money back into that other fund? Yes, but then you're buying it and it's now is it a good time to buy? And right. I would prefer just to be able to take it out of a specific fund, but that's not an option. Yeah. It, it seems like that would make sense since you can just move money back in there anyway. Why not just have the ability to pull it out exactly where you want to take it from? Okay. Exactly. Exactly. All right. I guess we got to modernize it just a little bit more then. Yeah. Um, we modernized it, but we're not all the way there yet. <laughs> Still a few years behind. Um, number two on our three cons, uh, spousal consent for withdrawals. Yes. So this is an issue when you consider leaving money in the TSP. So there's a requirement for married federal employee retirement system participants. So married FERS or federal, most federal employees, actually all federal employees, this applies to everybody. They must obtain the notarized consent, not just signature, notarized consent of their spouse for all withdrawals and changes to withdrawals. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. So it's probably not a big deal, you know, if you guys are on the same page, but if you're in a hurry or your wife's out of town and, you know, you need some money out of the account or something like that, you'd have to find a notary, go to a notary, you know, anytime you want to change the withdrawal or take a withdrawal. 
it's actually an IRS rule that also applies to 401k plans. But it's I see it as a big hindrance. And I've seen it with clients that we work with time and time again, where usually you're not this type of withdrawal is is some is an emergency type situation. I mean, you know, if you've planned for it, you, you know about it and you have time, but in an emergency, I've seen this notarized consent become a bigger factor. Right. And I would Does imagine over the last year too with COVID and it's got to be even harder just to find, to be able to get things notarized, right? Oh yeah. Oh no, no, no. We had issues left and right last year because of banks being closed, notaries not being allowed, you know, and then was virtual notary allowed? Was virtual notary not allowed? I mean, it, it was a... And well, last year was last year, but it definitely was a problem for people who were trying to take money out of the thrift savings. Gotcha. So if, if this, the consent wasn't enough, the third con on our list is another additional delays in getting the funds. So how, how, what are these delays and how long are they typically taking? According to the thrift savings, so this is their own information they're telling us, it generally takes between seven and 10 days to process a request once it's been properly, properly completed and submitted. So if everything's right, it's going to take seven to 10 days. And that's business days, I'm assuming. Yes, just to process the request, right? So then if they've mailed you a check, then we have to wait for the U.S. Postal Service and, you know, who knows, or or if they've moved it direct, that'll be a little quicker. But where the problem lies is that it can be a lengthy process, but it's some, often caused by participants' mistakes in filing the requested forms. The forms are confusing. Heck, I have a client that filled out the form correctly and the TSP still made a mistake on the withdrawal. Jeez. He had, um, he's under 59 and a half. So he was getting monthly withdrawals from the thrift savings sent to his checking account. By the way, his wife had notarized the signature or had a notarized signature. Mm-hmm. And he asked them to do federal withholding in those checks and gave them a percentage, used their form, filled it out 100% correctly. Heck, he even sent it to me going, does this look right? I want to make sure I got it right. Thousand <laughs> percent correct. Submits it to the TSP, gets his first check, no withholding. So now he calls me going, well, you know, in a panic, because if we had allowed this to go on more than one check, we hadn't planned for this. Where are we going to get the money to pay the taxes on this? They were supposed to take care of it. So we called them and sure enough, it was their mistake. And it basically was like, thanks for catching that. No apology. No way to fix it. Mm-hmm. Thanks for catching it. And you, oh, can you resubmit that form? Right. That'll be seven to 10 more days. That's frustrating. So when, you, when somebody's looking to pull money out of, their, out of their accounts, what kind of guidance do you typically give them in terms of, okay, you need to be planning at least three weeks ahead. If you need the money um, you know, next month, you need to get started now. Or if you need the money for Christmas, get started at Thanksgiving. Like what, what's the timeline you tell them typically? We work with a lot of our employees and the thrift savings. And it sounds like I'm bashing the, the poor thrift savings department, but I'm the first one to say that they are massively understaffed for the amount of work they do. And they are massively understaffed for some of the things I'm suggesting. And that's, that's just unfortunately the way the government works, right? Because this is the thrift savings plan is the government's version of a 401k, we'll say, you know, a qualified plan, a retirement plan. And it's probably one of the smaller departments. So if you consider every federal employee is one of their clients, they've got a lot of work to do. 
And so I, I support them wholeheartedly. I think they, but it, when we start looking at this, we need to make sure how much we're going to leave in the TSP. What are the pros of having money in the TSP? What are the cons of having money in the TSP? And yes, can we plan for and how best do we prevent errors because people are human and just general timeline issues. And so that's something that we talk with all of our clients about. And generally, yes, I suggest taking withdrawal at least from the TSP, maybe requesting at least a month in advance. Okay. Just to make sure you have the money. Right. Plan for the worst, right? Exactly. I am I am Eeyore around here. If I had a mascot, <laughs> it would be Eeyore. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but that's what you got to do with financial planning, right? And retirement planning. You always have to be expecting the worst and plan for that. Exactly. Expect the worst, plan for the worst, and then I'm thrilled when I'm wrong. Right. I would I, in in that case I love to be wrong. Now my husband would tell you I hate to be wrong in real life. <laughs> but when it comes to financial planning and I have planned for the absolute worst and the best happens, I am over the moon. It makes it that much sweeter. Yep. And you're in great shape too and nothing to worry about. So three cons. Uh, these are, I think, important to bring to people's attention. Um, and I'm glad we did. And, and I'm looking forward to talking about the pros in a future episode. So make sure you uh, you hit subscribe so you'll get that next one. But, you know, talking thinking about cons in retirement too, Brie, I'm also, you know, first thing that comes to mind is taxes, right? That's, uh, yes. that's something we have to be thinking about. And that's why you offer your ticking tax time bomb toolkit to listeners of the podcast. Right. And for our federal employee listeners, because this is more of a federal employee podcast, we have a specific kit for you that has our financial flight plan book, but it's specifically changed for federal employees. It's awesome. We also have, um, you know, these five risks could destroy your retirement. We've got a tax special report and we have some previous podcasts, either CD or an audio file, I think, for federal employees based off this show. And so it's a $97 value in this toolkit that we give to you for free, just helping you get ready. I mean, this is part of what we enjoy, why we enjoy working with federal employees is we know your situation's complex. We know that a lot of times you aren't thanked well, thanked enough for your job. And so this is what, as much information as we can provide to you, that's what we want to do. Absolutely. So you can request that. Just go to estesfinancial.net. You can contact them just right there on the front of the website. There's a form at the bottom of the page. Let them know you heard uh, the offer, want to take advantage, and let, also let Brie know if you are a federal employee or you're not. There's a kit for both. Yes, so, we have a kit for, for everybody else. Too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if you're listening to this or you, know, you have a family member or friend that could use it, but they're not a federal, federal employee, that's okay too. Brie, got, Brie has it covered. So um, thanks for that offer, Brie. <laughs> It's getting to know you time. Let's get to know you a little bit better, as we always do on the Financial Flight Plan podcast. So we watch TV a little bit. I'm sure you watch a little bit of TV. And I'm sure at some point in your life, you've had a crush on a TV character. Who would that be? Will Wheaton from Star Trek. I'm not even <laughs> sure who that is, Bree. I've got to be honest. Oh, is that the character watch- name or the, per- or the actual actor's name? Um, his, his character name was Wesley Crusher. Okay. And he was on Star Trek, the next generation. The actor's name is Will Wheaton. The character's name was, yes, Wesley Crusher. And from Star Trek, the next generation, I thought he was the cutest thing since sliced bread. (laughs) Um, and then now he was on, oh, he was in stand by me. Um, he was in big bang. My husband teases me all the time. If Will Wheaton's on a show. 
my husband knows I will watch it and he can tease me about it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, I love Will Wheaton, but he play he also, yeah, he appeared as himself on Big Bang Theory for a long time. So obviously I am a nerd. If you didn't know this before, you know this now. I see where, uh, <laughs> where Nate gets the love of space, I guess, now. I actually got that from dad. Okay. There, well, there you go. Star Passing Trek down. The Next Generation was a Estes family um, must watch. Well, dad, Amanda, and I, uh, yeah. And my mom, I think, still rolls her eyes at us. But Star Trek, Star Wars. But I admit I'm probably a better Trekkie. Well, no. The Force <laughs> is strong with me, too. So. Yeah, the Force is strong. Um, but yes, Wesley Crusher, Will Wheaton, he's great. See, I you know I I don't watch much Star Trek at all, so that's why that didn't that didn't connect. But you know what? I Stand by Me is a classic film, and all the all the kids in that that movie went on to big things. But Will Wheaton's not a name that like I I hear a lot associated with that movie. Like this is I might want to say this is the first time I've ever heard his name associated with that movie. So that's he played interesting. Gordy Lachance. Yeah, yeah. Which is yeah. I mean I don't know I don't know how I've missed that. I guess I've been out of the loop. I, <laughs> it was my favorite part of standby. Okay. never mind. We're okay. We're good. <laughs> Very good. We appreciate you sharing as always, Bree. You always, uh, you always surprise me with some of your answers, but that was a good one. I like that one. All right. Let's, before we get out of here, as we always do, we want to close out with a mailbag question. Um, if you ever have one, you can send it in to us via the website. If you'd prefer estesfinancial.net, you can also uh, call Bree, or you can connect on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever's easiest for you to get the question to us. Take advantage of that, and we'll try to answer it here on the show. Uh, Bo sent in the question for this week, said, I need about 5000 to live on each month in retirement, and my Social Security and pension will total about 5300 Does this mean I'll be able to leave my entire 401k behind to my son? Ooh, Bo, I wish. Here's the problem. And I don't know if you're a federal employee or not, but I'm going to, since this is kind of a federal employee pension and or program today, and they have a pension, we'll talk, we'll use theirs as an, as an example, and you can maybe apply it to yours. The cost of living increase for a federal employee's pension, it has for the last 10 years has been really, really small, unfortunately. And they aren't, it hasn't kept up with inflation. Neither has the cost of living, quite frankly, for social security. So. The issues are in that situation is, are you going to have enough after cost of living increases to be able to afford social security and cost of living? So that's where I get a little hesitant with the, am I going to have, am I, is my full TSP going to be allowed, you know, going to be available to you? I'm going to say probably not just because of the fact that I, I feel like as the prices of things go up and as your buying power goes down, you're going to need to dip into your 401k or TSP, whichever you have, to just keep up, keep a standard of living. So that's where I fear about just trying to leave your entire 401k or TSP to your child. It just, I, I don't think it's going to happen. It, it really can't. Also, don't forget you pay taxes on your pension, most likely. You're going to pay tax. You may, up to 85% of Social Security is taxable. So with you needing 5000 and you're getting 5300 in, how much are you going to get after taxes of that 5300 These are all things to think about. Is there a number that you would have felt more comfortable with telling them that's more likely? Like if it had been 
5,800 a month or is it too, too difficult to answer without more that's, information? That's a little too difficult to answer without knowing about the cost of living increases and knowing more details about the situation that he's in and how much of that uh, 5,300 is coming from pension and how much of it's coming from social security. I'd love to this be a, a super easy answer, but does this mean I'll be able to live off my or be able to leave my entire qualified plan, your entire 401k or thrift savings to your son? Probably not. Okay. Well, Bo, make sure you sit down with someone that uh, a professional that can actually look through everything and uh, give you a better concrete answer and, and help you plan for that. If that's your goal is to leave as big a legacy behind as possible, there are def- definitely different ways that he can do that, right? Breed actually oh, planned yeah. it out. There's, there's a ton of different ways to do it. And it's something that, you know, if that's important to you, then that's something that you can make a goal and work toward. But it, we've got to be cognizant of the reality of retirement. Absolutely. Well, thanks for that question, Bo. Again, if you have a question for the show, always, we welcome you to send it in to us via estesfinancial.net. All right, Bree, let's close it out. Looking forward to the next uh, podcast down the road where we talk about the prawn, uh, the, where we talk <laughs> the about pr- the pros of the thrift savings plan, but we got to get the bad news out of the way first. And we did that today. Yes. And everybody listening, go out and lead an abundant life.